Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, motherfucker. How are ya? How did you survive Thanksgiving, if you observe it? How festive have you been feeling? And what can I tell you about what we are working on in December? Well, we're covering a lot of topics over in the main podcast stream, wrapping up our 2023 focus on why relationships get fucky with all of the loose ends that we need to tie up. And then we're moving into 2024, a year I've really been looking forward to, by closing our lingering thoughts about where we've been for the last 12 months and considering where we want to go next with intention and purpose. Which means, yeah, it's been a bit of a relationship miscellaneous experience in the long-form episodes on the private stream for the past two weeks. And those reports have gotten long, and deep. First this month, we talked about transference, including the trends seen in the therapy office, romantic relationships, family dynamics, and beyond. We discussed projection, monkey barring, and displacement, the ways any of those fleeting emotional copy-paste efforts can accidentally turn into permanent perspectives plus the ways that they ruin our relationships and recovery progress. Then we dove into discussing something that I usually do not touch on this platform for self-protective reasons. Sex. Or to be more specific, the troubles we face in our relationships with sex. The many narratives, protective programs, and over-reliances that many of us have developed around swapping secretions across a lifetime. P.S. We actually came back to talk about it again in a follow-up episode because I still felt that there was more to say. So, what do you want to talk about on this mini-talk platform considering our options? Little of A, little of B? 
All right. We'll see how my brain handles the extra work this month, but let's try for a bonus episode so we can discuss it all. For this current post, though, let's jump into transference, including projection, monkey barring, and displacement, starting a... Now. Transference. Okay, what is transference? Transference is misapplying cognitions that were developed during one situation to another situation. So your thoughts, emotions, behaviors, beliefs about one person, place, or thing become inappropriately grafted onto another person, place, or thing. Or the way that I like to imagine it is this. We create these cognitive structures inside of our heads as we live, the neurons that we string together, which have a 3D architecture to them. This isn't how it works biologically, but if you visually imagine building a little four-walled container around a stimuli, a person, place, thing, or situation, as you interact with them and learn what to expect from them, connecting cells in a way that encapsulates all of the learning that you're doing. And then imagine taking that cellular structure and just transitioning it over onto a whole new target in your brain. Or moving a whole new mental target into that neural structure in your brain. Just swap out the face or the place that it was previously associated with. And there, now all that structuring is seemingly about the new object of your focus. Bam. You already have a framework for understanding it, predicting it, navigating it. How convenient and how comforting. That's transference. The problem being, it's all wrong. <laughs> Those mental connections aren't about this person, place, thing, or situation. So your ability to actually understand, predict, or navigate it, as you estimated, is not good after all. It is not the easy-peasy process that your brain originally assessed while it was falsely equating these two discrepant experiences as being the same. You with me? The problem is that your expectations will be incorrect. They will be unfounded. They will be inaccurate. They will be non-consensual and untethered from physical reality. And this will be confusing, both for you and for the object of your transference. So transference is most commonly talked about in the therapy office because that is where we encounter people who seem like, number one, real adults which we're not really used to, but we might have fleeting experiences with and may have dreamed of ever since. Number two, people who demonstrate care, which again, we're not used to, but we have been biologically programmed to seek and may have a few experiences under our belts that didn't last very long in the past with that. Number three, Authority figures, which we actually may be used to, but often in a historically negative, abusive, authoritarian sort of way. 
As such, traumatized folks often accidentally get some wires crossed and accidentally assess that their therapists are parental figures, friends, past abusers, or bosses, or maybe some combination of any of those. And this has the effect of ruining therapy for everyone. The client reacting to the therapist in inappropriate ways, often falling into codependency, clinginess, or over-reliance, or going the opposite direction and becoming hostile and distrusting in the face of their authority. Any of which will eventually create misalignments in the professional relationship and the work that was being done together. The therapist may attempt to lay down boundaries, and the client may escalate their behaviors in an attempt to elicit the reaction that they expect. But the reaction they expect will be from their experience with mom, dad, a friend, an antagonist, a boss, or whoever else. In this way, Things tend to spiral out of control as the client cannot obtain the reinforcement that they seek, and the therapist cannot do their job because of all the inappropriate behaviors and emotions taking place. The relationship typically ends, and the client is back to supporting themselves without a mental health care professional that they trust probably with a new story under their belt about how they can't trust anyone in the mental health care field and possibly beyond. So those are the basics of transference, how it is commonly talked about, and why it matters. If we don't have significant relationships that we need, our brain can accidentally manufacture them. Keep in mind Even if those relationships are negative ones, such as with a cruel authority figure, that is still something our head can, quote, need in order to maintain a familiar sense of normalcy and reason in the world. Like, therapy didn't work out because that guy was a jackass. He was out to get me. He was always telling me what to do. Not because, you know any other reason that could actually be backed up with evidence. And so, that's what our brains often do. They kind of create the circumstances that they're needing. Often at the cost of the relationship that we were trying to forge, our sense of self, our understanding of interpersonal dynamics, our hope for future relationships, or in the case of therapy, our hope for finding help and making progress. And that brings us to projection. How is projection different from transference? Well, projection is a type of transference, but in this case, we're taking those mental and emotional structures that we've built previously about ourselves and thrusting them outwards onto another individual. So we're still transferring the thoughts, feelings, expectations, judgments, and understandings that were developed inside of us about another target, and then applying those neural connections to another person, place, or situation. But this time, those connections were made about us. 
ourselves, often on an unconscious level. And this is where I tell you that projection has a great utility if we use it as a tool. It allows us to interact with material about us that we cannot face directly by pushing that material outwards. Problem being, it actually only benefits us if we do turn it back around to see what is contained in us that we're offloading onto an unsuspecting passerby. Obviously, projection is not usually used this way. We instead believe our self-protective lies. This is where things are, again, dangerous, inaccurate, and likely to create drama, or trauma, or both, as we launch our own deep, dark self-judgments and fears onto the easiest mark within view and call them a monster. Alternatively, we can actually project positive views of ourselves that we can't allow us to honor onto others. In either case, nah, fucker. That is projection, and that's how you feel about you on some level. But how do you feel about your past and present romantic relationship partners? Because another form of transference is monkey barring. Monkey barring is when we don't let go of one relationship before we have grabbed onto another one. And I say, we do it with our thoughts, emotions, and expectations as well. As in, rapidly transitioning from one partner to another with little time in between, thus having the experience of the relationship never really ending but the other party in the relationship being replaceable. Or possibly having a relationship template developed from your engagement with one person that everyone thereafter is gruffly shoved into, regardless of proximity in time space or appropriateness of who they are versus that old relationship template. In either case, the neural structures that were built previously are emptied of the image of our past partner and a new profile picture is inserted into the voids. Therefore, we never really have to experience the loss of the person in our life because we can replace them with a stand-in rather than dealing with the consequences of things changing. Again, the relationship more or less stays the same as long as the new partner fits or adapts to the bill. And therefore, we get a common trauma complaint. The same relationship over and over again. Hmm. Weird how we definitely force that to happen. Thanks, monkey barring. Next and final form of transference for us to talk about, displacement. Have you ever abruptly been getting yelled at for no reason that's rooted in your physical reality and had the thought, hmm, this doesn't seem to be about me? Have you ever then found out that the screamer just got out of a bad meeting with their boss or an argument with their domineering partner or a fight with their asshat of a dad. Yeah, you may have seen displacement at work, 
Displacement is when we have negative feelings in response to someone or something, but don't feel as though we can express ourselves to that person or in that situation because of the anticipated consequences. So instead, we take all those shit feelings and throw them outwards onto someone else. Someone who we perceive as less powerful, dangerous, or consequential. In this way, we find an outlet for our big hurt feelings. There's a reason why we feel this way. We just made one up. There's a channel for our outrage to flow. We just opened it. And we don't suffer from the feared results of our actions had we expressed ourselves at the person who actually created the upset. We win. The person being displaced upon loses and has no idea what just hit them or why. Which obviously fucks up the relationship. It teaches the receiver of the displacement to be hypervigilant. It permits the displacer to be an unaccountable, sniveling little worm who ruins other people's days to save themselves. And yeah, this can become a habitual problem. The relationship can become fully abusive as the displacer regularly funnels their pains and angers onto an unassuming and undeserving target who learns to expect it and may have the opinion that they deserve it after enough encounters. But the other damning thing to note about actually all of these forms of transference is that any of them can go from a momentary, accidental, fleeting strategy for self-comfort into a permanent judgment, coping behavior, or relationship dynamic that we cannot shake. Because once our brain decides that this is reality, this story that we've sewn together to explain the emotions that we don't want to have, that limits our ability to perceive anything else, thus creating a new reality in which we were absolutely convinced that we saw nasty and inappropriate behaviors and therefore created evidence to confirm our judgments and validate our subsequent actions. And because we won't let ourselves see any counter evidence that doesn't fit the narrative, it becomes a permanent installation. So that, fuckers, is what I think is probably most interesting about transference. The fact that we can fabricate our own new realities, ruining fine times for many people as we do so, in order to support our own cognitions that we don't know how to deal with by ourselves. And isn't that, uh, well, Maybe explaining a lot of people around you and or some unhealthy behaviors you've accidentally demonstrated yourself in the past. Yeah. The antidote is to stop and examine the legitimacy of your thoughts and feelings about others and situations that you are in, such as using a process like nonviolent communication alongside critical reflection. Question your perceptions that precede your less-than-greatest moments. Make sure they are backed up by physical evidence, demonstrated over time. Watch your subconscious for ghostly memories 
and voices from prior situations that might suggest that transference is taking place. And with an appropriately weighted hand, turn rapidly derived judgments around on yourself to check for the possibility of projection. If you feel something click inside your guts or pressurize inside your brain when you question, am I really talking about me when I say she's a selfish fucking cunt who does whatever she wants? Or, I don't know, an example from your own life, you might realize you are offloading some dark matter rather than dealing with the mass inside yourself. Or maybe you realize you were judging both of you, but calling it a one-person problem. Or you might fucking not. You might find that it is a them problem. Maybe these feelings about them are based on physical displays and demonstrations that would be bystander confirmed. Maybe your expectations are absolutely appropriate and founded on consensual, spoken agreements in physical reality between both of you. But it's worth checking to be sure that you're not doing you both dirty with an emotional transfer. Boom! December episode number one, done. See you, most likely, unless I chicken out, in bonus number two, where we will talk about tail on trauma. Until then, y'all, hail yourself. Hail your ability to tease apart reality now and a reality your brain would like to recreate from the past. Don't fall into transference. It pushes you away from progress in all its forms. Hail, seeing what's up with the Patreon page lately. Uh, someone invested in the expensive video making software again and has been regaining full use of her brain in order to use both of them. Fancy. Check shit out, patreon.com slash traumatized motherfuckers. It is a great goddamn value if you are willing to do the work outside the therapy office. And you might need to with all those transference trends going on. <laughs> Hail Archie and Marcus Parkus. And that's it. Cheers, y'all. We'll talk super soon. Take care. Bye bye Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.